This podcast takes you to the Dominican convent of San Marco in Florence. San Marco is now visitable as a museum. It's open Tuesday through Friday, 8.15 to 1.50 p.m., Saturday from 8.15 to 7 p.m., some Sundays, the third and first Monday of each month, and it costs four euros to get in. You'll want to purchase your ticket first and then step into the cloister with me. You might want to stop this recording while you do it, as well as at times during the audio tour, in order to take more time to look around. Now you should be in the cloister of the convent, and you can sit down on the benches that line it while I tell you some of the building's history and the function of this space. This convent belonged to the Dominican Order of Friars, whose primary goal was to preach. So, unlike monks, these friars have a rather large public role. For this reason, the convent is located at the edge of the city and in front of a large piazza in which people could gather to hear sermons. There is also a church attached next door, which you can visit separately and for free. The Dominicans purchased this building used from another order in 1436. Cosimo de' Medici, the de facto ruler of the city of Florence at this time, paid for every aspect of the restoration of this building. Like any good corporate sponsor today, Cosimo paid everyone, from the architect to the painter, and also purchased furniture, church vestments, and books for the library. The renovation took about 10 years to complete, and most of the paintings we'll be looking at today date from the 1440s. The space that was created is a rather unique Renaissance convent. For the first time, on the upper floor, friars were given individual cells, and each one is decorated with a fresco by Fra Angelico or his assistants. On the ground floor, where you are now, are the common areas. While some of these spaces were reserved for the friars, the majority of them were open to a limited public. Visitors were permitted to enter the convent. These are mostly male visitors, and wealthy ones at that. They would be shown the friars' meeting room. They could eat in a visitor's dining room, called refectory, and there were even visitors' bedrooms, or cells, upstairs. They also could get access to the library, which was upstairs near those cells. Now we'll have the opportunity to go inside some of those spaces. First I want to note that there is a small picture gallery accessible by the door near the main entrance to the convent. This gallery houses panel paintings by Fra Angelico, the same artist who was responsible for the frescoes on the walls around the convent. We won't be looking in that together, but you might want to stop this podcast and go in there yourself in order to see the painstaking technique of egg tempera on panel painting that Fra Angelico used in the altarpieces on display. Rather, we're going to look at one important public space on this main floor, then we'll go upstairs to look at the cells. After this, we'll be forced to follow the flow established by this museum, so we'll go into the guest refectory that now doubles as a bookshop, where we'll end this tour. You'll want to stop into a room accessible at the far side of the courtyard. So, from the main door, you'll walk straight. On the far wall you see a fresco with a large crucifix that has St. Dominic adoring the cross. Follow the cloister to the right, past the first door, and into the second space. 
This square room, lined with benches, is called a chapter house. It's a room that the friars use for daily meetings, as well as to host important guests. As is typical of chapter house decoration, there is a large fresco of the crucifixion of Christ on one wall. This painting is done in fresco, a technique involving the application of wet pigment onto plaster. It is very permanent, which is why we can still enjoy the original colors of frescoes today, especially after they have been cleaned, like this one. Because of the instability of blue pigment, blue had to be applied dry with glue after the rest of the fresco was finished. In this fresco, you see a reddish sky with some traces of blue pigment. This red was an underpainting to make the blue seem brighter. Originally, there was a solid blue sky. In this image, which shows Christ crucified between two thieves, there are groupings of saints who are participating mystically in the event. Fra Angelico is known for his very essential style, which can be observed in this painting. Notice how there is no excess of decoration or detail here. The figures on the left side of the painting are wearing brighter colors than those on the right, who all belong to religious orders, and hence are wearing simple robes. However, even the brighter saints are not wearing rich patterns or jewels. If you had a chance to see the panel paintings in the museum and that of some of the saints in the panels, who are usually wearing richer clothing. Notice also how ground is indicated with a simple patch of light paint. Fra Angelico has the ability to transmit essential elements of a painting in order to heighten the viewer's religious experience. After you've spent a little extra time looking at the chapter house, step outside and take the first door on your right, then head up the stairs to the cells. At the top of the stairs you'll want to pause to look at a fresco located directly in front of you. This fresco shows the angel Gabriel announcing to Mary that she is pregnant. Realistically, this fresco is a little bit different from the crucifixion scene in the chapter house, and yet it is still by the same artist, Fra Angelico. Notice how this image is richer than the one downstairs. For example, the ground is no longer a beige swath, but a lush green lawn strewn with flowers. In the background there's a fence. This is an enclosed garden, symbol of Mary's virginity, and beyond this, rather fluffy trees executed with light touches of paint. The angel Gabriel has marvelous multicolored wings and traces of gold in his robe. The space in which the figures are located is also quite detailed. For example, Notice the Corinthian capitals on top of the columns. Incidentally, does this space remind you of anything you have just seen? It is meant to evoke the cloister downstairs. The reason for this rather rich painting at this point in the convent is that we are standing at an intersection between public and private spaces. Facing the painting, the hallway to your right was accessible to guests. The guest quarters and the library are located here. The hallway extending straight in front of you on your left, on the other hand, was only for the friars. Off this hall are there 44 individual cells. Now we are privileged to be able to go peek into them. Each cell 
is decorated with a different painting. Some are by Fra Angelico all by himself, while others are executed by his assistants. I would like to just look at one together. This is the third cell on the left-hand side. Now if you're looking into cell number three, you'll see that it is a very small space with just one window. It used to be very simply furnished, probably with a desk, bed, and kneeler. But the remarkable aspect is, of course, the presence of a simple fresco. This image by Frangelico is also of the Annunciation. What's nice to observe is how different this one is to the one that we just saw in the hallway, despite the fact that they are of the same subject. Notice the space in which the figures are located. It's also a cloister, but this time they're not separated by a column. This makes it much more of an intimate scene. Notice all, also the way that the paint is applied much more thinly than the one in the hallway. For example, Mary wears an almost see-through pinkish robe. The garden is indicated with only one slash of green. This different style is appropriate for this space since this is a private cell. The purpose of this painting is to guide the friar in meditation. He didn't need rich details or extra information since he already knew the story very well. Now you should take some time to stop this recording and look at a whole bunch of cells. Extraordinary communicative power of Fra Angelico's paintings. But first, let me just give you a few pointers. If you follow straight down this hall, you'll see more cells similar to this one. At the far end, you turn the corner into the novices' areas, where the young aspiring fires were kept in their first year. These cells have simpler paintings and are almost all the same. At the very end of this corridor is the cell belonging to the prior or head friar. At one point, the prior of San Marco was Savonarola, a fiery preacher in the 1490s who eventually was burned as a heretic. As he once stayed in this cell, it is named after him, and you can go see what they've got in here as a tribute. If you go back out towards the first Annunciation painting that we saw, and follow the hallway into the more public spaces of the upstairs part of the convent, at the monastic library, in which there are usually displayed manuscripts from the San Marco collection. The cells on this side of the hallway were for guests, and have often larger and more detailed paintings. The very last cell on the right-hand side of the hall belonged to Cosimo de' Medici, the patron of this convent. When you're done, you'll go right back down the stairs, and you'll turn right at the bottom. This is the bookshop, but don't miss the large fresco depicting a Last Supper. This fresco is not by Frangelico, but was done later, in the 1490s, by an artist named Ghirlandaio, in a style that is more decorative and rich than what we've been looking at so far. Hope you found this TravPod enlightening and that you'll return to www.arttrav.com for more information. Thanks for listening.